Trending news right now. 12 minutes past four. Good morning. If you've just joined us, uh, let's talk to Lorato Sikeng, founder and CEO of Decode Communications and social commentator, discussing what tweeps are talking about in the last 24 hours, that is, as well as what's been in the news. How are you on this Wednesday, Lorato? Good morning, Asanda, and good morning to the listeners. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you so much. You know, I always like to ask you the poll questions. <laughs> Which country do you believe? I mean, you don't have to stick to the options we've put there. Which country do you believe is better positioned to achieve the, the goal of erasing energy poverty on the continent? I'm surprised with 50% South Africa, our troops are voting so far. Uh, I, I, I suspect Kenya, and, 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 I, and I say Kenya because... Uh, you know, they also have uh, geothermal energy uh, or they use geothermal energy source uh, over and above, uh, you know, trying to go into into renewables. And geothermal is, is you know, known to be one of the safer uh, and a lot more sustainable in terms of, uh, you know, what, 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 what they're looking at. So, so I guess, or at least uh, with that little knowledge of its, uh, you, know, you know, one, how advanced it is, but also how they've invested in uh, research and development in that space. I, I think Kenya uh, is, is a little bit, uh, you know, is likely to be a lot far ahead than many African can, other African countries. Yeah. All right. Let's go overseas then as we talk of Kenya. Let's talk uh, Russia and uh, Russia's President Putin hailing ties as he met with the UAE president. And uh, what is he saying? Yes, uh, so, so uh, we, we saw last week, you know, the the OPEC uh, alliance, uh, the you know, the the 13 nation group, uh, which uh, produces majority of uh, the, of the the world's oil. Uh, you know, they, they had made a decision to cut the production the production of oil. And interestingly, Af- uh, Nigeria is one of the the only African countries uh, in 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 that in that group. And uh, that, that you know, of course, that that, that decision is, is it was not a a decision that they were making for the first time. They, they often or not often, but they they always make uh, this kind of decision where you know to regulate uh, the, the the prices of uh, crude oil. They would from time to time decide to cut to cut back on how much they produce uh, uh, per day. And the decision was to you know reduce. Uh, their product to slash their production by 10 million uh, barrels per day, uh, starting in starting in November. Of course, uh, 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 you know after that meeting, then uh, the, UA, the, the, the UAE president Sheikh Mohammed bin uh, Al uh, Al Zayed uh, uh, Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nayan uh, met yes, with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it is. <laughs> Uh, in, met with President uh, President Putin. Russia is not notably so Russian, although it's one of the biggest producers, is not uh, part of the 13 member uh, OPEC uh, uh, states or, or the the alliance. Uh, and in that meeting uh, in, in in Russia, of course, you know, uh, President uh, Putin uh, hailed that the the move as as a positive move. Of course, for a number of reasons. One, that you know, the the, the OPEC countries in the main uh, have not uh, yielded to what the U.S. Uh, and the West, in particular, have been trying to to you know uh, lobby many other countries to impose sanctions uh, against Russia because 
uh, they support the uh, majority of the Western countries, support uh, support uh, uh, Ukraine in the war. This is between between Ukraine and Russia, and 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 it's so, so that the, the biggest issue really on on this matter has been it's almost an anti-U.S. sentiment. Mm. Of course, the biggest other issue is that the U.S. Uh, you know they are just about to go to their midterm, and they know that. Uh, the the implications of the decision by the OPEC countries to reduce uh, to reduce supply it therefore means that the consumers are going to feel it at the pumps and as long as the you, the, you know the consumers feel it feel it at the pumps the you know it becomes a very difficult election electioneering messaging where you know one people that you want them to vote for you if you are a, if you are a Biden administration and now they are you know with a, in, increasing uh, cost of living and now with the, the, the increasing cost of fuel uh, cost of energy uh, subsequently cost of everything because like them they depend on you know their logistics uh, uh, their, their, their entire logistics value chain is dependent on is still dependent on 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 oil so so it's you know those issues around geopolitics that that are getting a lot of people worried and the sentiment really on on the twitter streets uh, are really around the impact of this on the uh, ordinary man but most importantly on uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, coming midterms, midterm elections. The impact of this on the Ukraine war, How could, what can we read into that, uh, especially with the backdrop of Putin saying that relations between Russia and the UAE are important for stability? Could part of that stability be a possible end to the Ukraine war in terms of what the UAE has to contribute? So far, they've stayed away from imposing sanctions against Russia. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Asanda, it looks like we are quite far away from the end of this war, considering that. So, so there are a number of things. Firstly, is that uh, there's a sense that this is a proxy war between the U.S. in particular, or at least the West with, with the bloc of the U.S., uh, you know, the, the uh, U.K. and a few other uh, NATO uh, NATO uh, states, right, uh, against Russia, right, and and when you look at sentiments, for instance, even the new UK UK Prime Minister, when when she took over, the her biggest message out of her speech was, uh, you know, anti-Russia. The sentiment was they will continue to strengthen, uh, you, you know, uh, sanctions against against Russia. And now you have, uh, you know, uh, uh, UAE. Which you know, along with Saudi Arabia, they are the the top two leading uh, oil producers in that OPEC uh, 13 member 13 member alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not uh, siding with the West uh, for their own reasons, right? It therefore means that you know, to an extent, the U.S. will or at least the West uh, nations will always have to look at the the, the balancing act between uh, pressing harder in terms of the sanctions against uh, Putin or, or, or Russia and uh, making sure that, uh, you know, for instance, the, the, the oil production and supply to their own countries does not impact uh, their own people. You remember, uh, I think recently we've we spoken about the impact on, on gas when, when Russia, uh, you know, throttled the gas supply to Germany. Of course, you know, Germany has imposed sanctions against against Russia. But of course, the biggest thing is that their citizens are now starting to struggle because, you know, they don't have 
the highest kind of uh, gas supplies and you know they will be going into the the winter season a uh, majority of europe will be going in, into winter season uh, what the implication will be so it will be interesting to see you know whether as blocks the U- the, the, the european union uh, you know whether they're going to be breakaway state uh, uh, states that you know expresses a different sentiment on sanctions which may then uh, get us somewhat closer but you know, with with the with the uh, bombing of the Crimean bridge uh, recently, which mm. got uh, uh, Russia to retaliate, and we're seeing them retaliating badly. Uh, I suspect you, you know we we may be a little bit far away from uh, seeing the end of this war inside. All right, let's uh, bring it home then. So allegedly, the bar to lead the ANC has been lowered. Uh, due to political ideological degeneration. This emerged during an interview with the SABC, the words of ANC veteran Dr. Mavuso Msimang. Why is he saying this? So, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Mavuso Msimang is one of those uh, consistent uh, voices and thought leaders in in, in the ANC, uh, you know, previously against the, the... against President Jacob Zuma's regime, whenever you know, whenever he thought that uh, you, you know there was a corrupt relationship between, uh, or at least an alleged corrupt relationship between the president and uh, the Guptas, as it had been, you know, uh, a subject of the the State Capture Commission, he spoke out. Right mm. now, with President Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, you, you know, uh, he he had also spoken out uh, against, uh, you know. Uh, the presidency and the president being somewhat irresolute. And, and it is not surprising that in an interview with one of the senior political reporters uh, at, uh, at uh, the SABC, he expressed, uh, you know, uh, discontent about the upcoming uh, elections or the conference uh, in, in, of the ANC in Nazareth now in, in December, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's expected that uh, the the there will be an election of the office bearers and the national executive executive members. Of course, last month in September, the nomination process was officially opened, which allows for the branch members to elect or select or make pronouncements on who their favorite uh, or, or who they, they are going to be to be bidding against, or rather bidding for, right? We've seen, uh, you know, uh, KZN, which will be... Uh, uh, sending the largest delegation to the conference, pronouncing themselves in terms of who they want to lead, and one of those names being uh, Dr. M. Kize, who is the former Minister of Health. Of course, uh, you know, there may not be a criminal case against him, but we know the cloud of digital vibes, uh, you know, of over hundreds of millions of rents, uh, of corruption and maladministration still, you know, hovers, uh, hovers on his head. And we are also seeing, uh, you know, a number of other candidates who are being raised uh, or at least, you know, raised higher and nominated. And, and it was against this backdrop that he had raised the issue on, you know, people who one would have had a case to answer with their internal process uh, of the, 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 they have their own internal uh, commission that, that, that looks at uh, people who may have a case to answer criminally or, or a civil case or, 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 or in, in other way. And the, the, the feeling that he expresses is that seemingly uh, the, the ANC is not intentional while there is a sense of unity but that it, it does not seem to balance 
with the fact that you need to have leaders who are beyond reproach, who, you know, whose credibility is not questioned, whose integrity is not questioned. And uh, as things stand, he believes that the ANC is not doing, you know, its bit to ensure that the, the, the bar is raised a, a lot higher to ensure that, you know, through what they call through the eye of the needle, there are members or at least the people who are being selected or nominated to be elected at that conference are not taken through uh, that strategy and tactics document called through the eye of the needle. If we look at it in terms of the numbers, as he was saying, that it seems that everyone now sees themselves as being fit to lead the ANC. Currently, 15 people are vying for ANC presidency. If we look at it in the angle of the number of people vying for this position, is it lowering the bar or is it an expansion of options which you know could result in a democracy? So, so and, and I guess, you know, if you are pro-democracy, this should be something that is celebrated where you see a lot more people, you know, raising, raising their hands. But we know, you know, uh, like we, we had seen uh, back in twenty in twenty seventeen uh, towards Nazareth, you know, you had people like uh, Lindy Sulu who had launched a campaign, you know, in a very, uh, you know, it, it was it was a, an American style kind of launch. But of course, uh, towards uh, you know the, the towards the you know very close to the conference, she then uh, you know said that she will pull her she will take her constituency and be part of the Ramaphosa, uh, the, the CR-17 uh, uh, law, putting her weight against the CR-17 law, right? So, so, so this is really not something new where in the, you know, at, at the, once the nominations have been, have been opened, you see a lot more candidates, a lot more names, uh, a lot more hopefuls. So, so uh, that, that this may be seen as a, as a, you know, a lowering of the bar. I think that you know, it, it, it's a misdiagnosis because we've always seen we've always seen seen this where many people raise their and primarily because they are nominated by branches and the yeah. general sentiment by ANC leaders is always that if the my branch or if my members or if people in the ANC ask me to stand, who am I to say no? Right. So I guess it is in that spirit that you will always see a huge number in the beginning closer to the conference, the, the leaders will start emerging. And at some point, even just before the conference, you'll see whether or, or there'll always be a sense of whether it's a two-horse race uh, or, uh, you know, just a small number, like around uh, three or four at most. Let's talk also, uh, staying with politics, the DA denying bribery claims, these uh, claims leveled against them by Action SA leader Herman Mashaba. So who was bribed and why, allegedly? So, so uh, you, you know, the, the uh, politics of South Africa will, will always be very interesting. Uh, two things with this story. The first one is that, you know, if you look at it in isolation, it may be seen as a, uh, you know, something to, to really be worried about. But if you if we consider that uh, you know recently with the Johannesburg Council that has uh, you know elected a new mayor uh, recently, remember how it happened or at least as it was unfolding, there was a report that there were councillors that may have been bribed, and that is how they were able to get to remove the speaker. Eventually, uh, you know, getting to the point of removing of removing uh, the, the, the mayor 
with her executive, with the mayoral executive council, right, mm. and installing a new mayor and, and, and the like. And the, the, the Action SA was in the heart of that, although they were part of the alliance with, 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 with the DA or the coalition with, with, with the DA, uh, they, they were at the, at the heart of that. And of course, recently, uh, and, and some say this context is important, right? Yes. Uh, the, a, a DA uh, member uh, who was the chief whip, Zwakele uh, Nwango, left the, or at least resigned from the DA, and in, in an attempt to fill uh, in an attempt to 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 fill the the the, the position, uh, it, it is then reported that uh, you know the, the DA went on to to bribe uh, and. And a an action as a counselor because they wanted him to almost immediately uh, replace immediately replace uh, uh, Zwakele in, in in KZN of course you know with an attempt of him being being an a, a, a DA a DA chief chief whip his name is uh, uh, Shandi Singh uh, who's a, a ward counselor from from New, Newcastle of course the DA you know are denying de- denying these claims with not this is not the first time that we see this and that's what I'm saying even in the case of the Johannesburg council right the allegations were there you know uh, whether there's going to be an investigation that comes out with uh, you know or there's an outcome there it is it is another thing uh, of course uh, IFP decided to uh, you know, at, when, when there was that issue that, that their member had taken a bribe, they suspended their member, not necessarily for the bribe uh, issue or, or allegation, but that the, their member voted against the wishes uh, of the party. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it is going to be interesting, you know, one, whether the South African Police Service uh, investigated, if they do, whether there's going to be an outcome of some sort that leads to prosecution or at least uh, you know proving that their case is true or disproving where then the DA would have a case as they are denying that uh, the meeting ever happened a bribe uh, you, you know was facilitated and indeed that's how they operate because it talks to the credibility uh, their credibility as a party uh, right people not trusting politicians uh, and seeing uh, money exchanging hands where now their vote is seen as something that can be traded off uh, in that manner. All right. So uh, also uh, the construction mafia that's been said to be something that's come to the spotlight. And uh, according to Public Works and Infrastructure Minister Patricia DeLille, there are reports of a, a people called the local business forums who are within the construction industry causing havoc there. Is this a group or groups? And what are they doing and how are they doing it? Asanda, you know, uh, and again with this story, you know, while the you know the commentary on Twitter by all of us as South Africans, uh, are, you know, whenever these stories would come up, we would raise it as as and when it comes up. Mm-hmm. I guess that there's a bigger issue that we all have to worry about, right? The bigger issue really is that uh, the, the for, for for some time now there has been a report that private security firms are literally becoming a de facto uh, police force uh, because the, the South African Police Services is really struggling to, to deal with issues around safety and security uh, and crime in, 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 in South Africa, right? And of course, you, you know, when there's that kind of, of deepening uh, uh, distrust and mistrust, uh, you, you know, it emboldens those 
who you know are part of the syndicate. We've seen the syndicates, uh, uh, you know, uh, particularly in the Eastern Cape uh, and uh, in, in KZN, uh, where you know you, you have a, a number of people who are able to uh, go to construction sites uh, and, and and you know stop uh, work and demand. Uh, in, in certain provinces, for instance, the, the case that in particular, they even have a you know specific amount that they demand. They demand 30% of the value of the contract, mm. and they don't even contribute any labor or any support to that kind of work. Right? It's what they believe that they they they, they ought to you know they ought to benefit from, and and, and of course uh, there would have been a procurement process uh, where you know. A bidder would have won uh, the, the, the tender, and of course, when you look around, you would see a number of uh, you know construction sites that uh, have stopped midway. Whether it's a bridge, mm-hmm. uh, which is supposed to be a public good, or even to an extent, uh, you know, uh, your listeners would 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 have may have heard that the the Afri Forum uh, University Soltech was also one of those that were you know were were subject of this construction mafia. So now that uh, you, you know the the um, minister of public public works, uh, uh, Minister Patricia Dilil, had raised this, uh, you, you know, uh, of course the, the the bargaining council for civil engineering industry had also raised it because you know they are in the cold phase of this uh, uh, infrastructure project, particularly you know whether it's bulk uh, civil work that they do, you know, in, in installing the 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 the, the, the sewage. Uh, pipelines, installing the bridges, uh, and, and building particularly those, uh, you know, majority of the public, public, public goods, they are feeling it more. But what is most worrisome, mm-hmm. uh, Asanda, is that this this industry is one of the biggest employers in the country, with almost close to 500 employing 500,000 people, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 biggest worry there is that if the South African Police Service does not improve in terms of how you know one they, there's a pushback against this uh, this construction mafia. Uh, it therefore means that a lot more people are going to be unemployed because in certain instances, uh, uh, people who come to site wherever there's no when 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 the construction companies decide not to comply uh, against this business the, this so-called business forums, right? There would then be a shootout or at least they would threaten uh, the, the the employees. Uh, who are supposed to come to site? So I think as South Africans, we should we should be concerned about it a lot more. Just responding to how we have done now, you know, with the minister raising it, and there's a little bit of outrage. I think it's a, there should be a lot more demand uh, on our part to the South African Police Service to do a lot more because there's a lot more at stake. Mm. Well, finally, the SA Weather Service has warned of a heat wave for Asia and Gauteng, also Pumalanga and Limpopo. They've had warnings issued there. I'm surprised that the Northwest is not there. But yeah, uh, we've been seeing temperatures uh, going up in the past week. Uh, why are you mentioning the Northwest in particular? Is there a situation? <laughs> Northwest is hot. Ah, that place is hot. No, no, no. I, 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 I thought may, may, maybe what we'll check I go, go, go Northwest. That is why you oh. specifically. <laughs> I lived there for three years, though. <laughs> sure, sure. No, no, no. Uh, uh, you know, and, and again here, uh, the, the 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 weather service is is one of those uh, one of those uh, witty accounts. 
you know, mm-hmm. if, if you really want to sometimes just, uh, you, you know, see how uh, their they they are social community managers are the, the most hilarious. <laughs> uh, and in this case, of course, you know, raising a warning against, uh, you know, at least to all of us as South Africans to, you know, to one, hydrate, mm. to stay, you know, in, in shade or at least in shaded areas and use sunscreens. Uh, we've seen uh, last week was was uh, terrible, you, you know, in terms of the heat wave. But thankfully, uh, this week may be better compared to last week because last week, remember, there was uh, the, the the water shedding issue, which you know we had to deal with over and above that mm-hmm. the, 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 the heat wave. And and I guess you know as South Africans, we really need to uh, heed the, the, this call, protect ourselves. Of course, you know a lot of us as brown people. Uh, there's always the sense of we, we 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 because of our you know high level of melanin production we don't always think that we need uh, sunscreen protection but also you know there are a lot of people who work in the sun because just because of their their occupational hazards right mm-hmm. and I guess it's important for the employers in this case you know to do their, their bit uh, you know in terms of ensuring that those people are shielded or at least. You know, they comply with certain uh, uh, conditions like hydration, uh, sunscreen, uh, if, 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 if it is possible. All right. Well, yeah, we need to do that. Sunscreen up. Uh, stay away from the sun if you can in shaded areas. Drink water. And, uh, yeah, well, I think we know what to do. But anyway, that was a joke on the Northwest. Part <laughs> but you know what? Actually, maybe they don't need a warning of a heat wave because the place is a heat wave every time and every day anyway. <laughs> no, 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 indeed. And, and by the way, you, you know, the, the, the reason I'm raising this issue around employers' responsibility, I find that because, you, you know, while sometimes the, the, the call is on you and I and the SAFM listeners, uh, you know, as to do things as individuals. If you consider, for instance, the PSL as part of, you know, a structural change that they've uh, included is that, uh, you know, ordinarily soccer is one of those uh, sports where the, the only breaks you have are between halves, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and however, due to heat waves, there would be a mandatory uh, water break right depending on the temperature so so the point that i'm really making with this is that you know we need to see employers uh, instituting a lot more you know institutional changes mm. that also take this uh, calling or, or or heeding heeding this call it just can be you know put on you and i as an individual particularly those you know people who work in the construction industry yeah. as an example you know if you're digging trenches the whole day surely you know uh, the, the, and a lot of them work where there is no water supply, right? If you dig in trenches in the street, it should be the responsibility of your employer to provide you water on a regular basis and, and things like those. So I'm really hoping that we'll see a lot more of that uh, as, you know, uh, we keep to this call. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Always great, uh, great ch- uh, catching up on our chats. Uh, we love it. We'll catch up again next week. Thank you so much, Asanda. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. Lorato Chikeng is founder and CEO of Decode Communications and social commentator in our trending news.